Coming to you live from the Republic of Texas and broadcasting around the world, this is the Max McGuire Show. This is our last chance to take this country back. That's true. Listen, it doesn't matter that Joe Biden is losing his mind. He still betrayed this country. Come on, man. So get ready, because the Max McGuire Show starts right now with 100% less Joe Altman. Welcome back to another edition of the Max McGuire Show. I'm your host, Max McGuire. Big day today with Joe Biden unveiling new finalized gun control rules that uh, basically finish what he started last year when he ordered the ATF to begin banning homemade guns and to redefine the term firearm to make it easier for the ATF to go after people who own AR-15s. going to talk about both of that today. Before I do, make sure that you share this podcast. Make sure you comment. If you're listening to an audio edition, please do leave me a five-star review Really, on Apple Podcasts, it really will help me climb up in those rankings. I think we were ranked 200 over the weekend, which is really good. Need your help to climb even higher. So today, the Biden administration unveiled these gun control executive orders. They are pretty much as bad as you think they would be. The first one targets 80% lower receivers. This is something that I'm going to talk about later in the podcast as well. But an 80% lower receiver is not technically a gun. It's not a gun until it passes 80% of the manufacturing process. Basically, if you need to finish the last 20% of the manufacturing process, then what you purchase is not a gun. You're legally allowed to make your own gun for personal use at home. That's been legal since the founding of this country. Um, It's not even something that's shady. Lots of people do it if they just want to learn about how guns work, if they just don't want the government to know that they purchased a gun, which is completely legitimate concern. Um... There's plenty of legal reasons for people to own a firearm, and people have chosen to do 80% lower receivers because it's relatively easy. With some, with some common tools, it takes you about an hour. The Biden administration claims 30 minutes, but it takes about an hour to drill all the holes and mill out the, the different parts of the firearm frame. So 80% lower receiver. That has, oh, that, for the longest time, that has been a, not a gun. right? And under federal law, something either is a gun or it is not a gun. Either is a gun or is not a gun. Well, this new executive order that Joe Biden has finalized today, the the rule will be added to the Federal Register today, clarifies that when when an 80% lower is sold with the parts necessary to finish it, namely the jig and the drill bits seen on screen here, when it's sold together as a kit, the Biden administration now claims that that itself is a firearm. And if people want to sell those devices, then they need to add serial numbers to the firearm frames. Otherwise, they'd be illegally selling firearms, which adds all other red tape, meaning that if you sell these items, you now need to be an FFL. You actually need to be a firearm manufacturer if you're building them, whereas before you did not. The goal of this, the Biden claims, is to target is to car- target criminal class. They say that ghost guns, they call them ghost guns, have been used in more and more crimes lately. And that government action is necessary to stop criminals from making their own guns. Well, the truth is that criminals have always been able to make their own guns. It's not hard. Just because it hasn't become mainstream in the United States doesn't mean that it is hard. Cartels have been making guns just across the border in Mexico for decades. They actually have manufacturing facilities in Mexico that manufacture guns from parts and parts kits. Not complicated. You don't even need to have any technical knowledge. Pretty easy to do just with basic hand tools. Biden claims that he's going after the criminals. But here's the thing. The criminals are, are, are going to make their guns anyway. 
The criminals don't care what the law says. That's why they're criminals, right? They're going to continue to build these guns illegally, and when they use them in a crime, the fact that they will have an illegal gun will, be, will mean very little when they have murder charges against them. Usually, those lesser charges get dropped anyway. This is only going to be used to target law-abiding citizens, Americans. As I mentioned, the, just like the law-abiding citizens want these guns so they don't have to notify the federal government when they're, when they're getting them, the federal government desperately wants to know who is buying guns and what kind of guns they're buying. That's because the goal of the gun control movement has always been to ban guns and then confiscate them from people who already own them. Well, the government probably has a good idea of who the gun owners are, but they don't know what guns we, own, we all own. As long as Americans are allowed to build their own guns, there's always the possibility that even if there's a mass confiscation effort, we'll have guns that the government doesn't know about because we made them from scratch. That is what gun control advocates fear the most, not gangbangers building their own pistols in their garage. That is not even on their radar. They're worried about you, and they're worried about me. This regulation would force anyone who wants to buy one of these guns to undergo a background check, one of these gun kits to undergo a background check. And here's how stupid this is. I, I put it on screen. I'll put it on screen again. These AR-15 80% lower kits, they also have 80% lower kits for handguns as well. It includes the receiver, which is not a gun. That receiver cannot fire a projectile. It cannot be readily converted or modified to fire a projectile. That unfinished receiver, you get the jig, which clamps around the receiver and shows where exactly you need to drill. So you don't need calipers or, or a ruler to figure out where the holes should be. And then the drill bits, common drill bits that you can buy from any hardware store. This new Biden regulation claims that when all three of these parts are added to a kit, that constitutes a firearm. So even though the actual gun part itself cannot fire, the Biden administration argues that when you add all these pieces together under one skew, under one um, kit, that makes that non-firearm readily convertible, readily modified, easily modified into a firearm, and therefore all the parts together should be treated as a firearm. The crazy part about this is that if you, if you buy these pieces individually, none of them would be labeled a firearm un under this new regulation. If you bought an 80% lower receiver without the jig, without the parts, the way I'm reading the regulation, it still would not be a firearm. If you bought the jig separately, it still would not be a firearm. You can still go into hardware stores and buy drill bits without needing a background check. That doesn't change. The, the way I'm reading the regulations is only when these are put together into one kit. So what you're probably going to see gun stores and gun retailers do is start selling the actual 80% lower receivers online. And then right as you're about to check out, they say, hey, people who bought this usually bought this jig and usually bought this, um, these drill bits. So then it's not a kit. Then it's three different SKUs being bought together. Does that qualify as a firearm? We don't know because this is such a ludicrous redefinition of the term firearm under the regulation to include something that very much is not a firearm. If you buy something that isn't a firearm and buy drill bits at the same time, that doesn't make it a firearm. But that's how they're regulating this. That is how they're regulating this. And this is going to hurt a lot of companies. There are a lot of companies that, that were built up around this 80% lower receiver industry. Their whole business model is to build these non-firearms 
the people can then finish the manufacturing and turn them into guns. When you're building non-firearms, you don't need an FFL. You don't need to run a background check. You don't need to assign a serial number. You don't need to go through all the different paperwork requirements and all the red tape that comes along with being an FFL. It's a lot easier. There aren't those regulatory costs involved. Well, some of these companies are just going to go belly up. They say, oh, it's not worth it. Some of these companies are going to say, hey, we, even if we wanted to, we can't be a firearms manufacturer for X, Y, and Z, so we're just going to stop. And the ones that are able to do it are going to have to charge more, right? They're going to be selling firearms. So it's going to ruin the whole concept of building your own gun, which is fun. I've built a couple of guns myself. It's fun. It's great if you want to learn how to build a firearm. If you want to learn how the mechanism works, get a, get a real in-depth understanding of how this gun works, then building it from, from parts is one of the best ways to do it. These people aren't nefarious. People who build their own guns aren't criminals. They have every right to do so. And as I said, from the American founding, this has been legal under federal law. The Revolutionary War would have been very different if American gunsmiths, underground gunsmiths, weren't there to repair the Continental Army's weapons or to build them weapons from parts that were either stolen or found. Like, there were a lot of franking guns used in the American Revolution. They find it. They find a... They built a musket from, like, a, a British a British stock, right? A, a French barrel, maybe an American flintlock. There were lots of guns that were Frankensteins built in these underground gunsmiths that the British were desperate to try and catch and shut down. Had it not been for American gunsmithing at the founding, the American War, Revolutionary War could have turned out very differently. It is that tradition that the Biden administration is now coming after. It's that tradition of homemade gunsmithing, DIY guns, that Biden wants to ban. And he's doing it not through an act of Congress, but through executive order, signing away your right to build your own gun. Well, actually, as I said, you still can. You just now need to go through the hassle of buying all the different kits, parts, separately. I imagine that when the ATF realizes that this is going to be just, it's going to be just as easy you have to make three purchases instead of one. Uh, they're going to change this regulation. That's where it gets really scary. That's where it gets really scary because what they're talking about doing is, is redefining non-firearms into firearms. That's what they're talking about doing, taking something that isn't a gun and all of a sudden declaring, oh, no, that is a gun. So what happens to all the people who already own these? Does that mean that they are now in possession of firearms because they bought something that was not a firearm? Well, then you're into a similar situation as the bump stocks. Where when you bought a bump stock, it came with a letter from the ATF saying this is legal to own. Well, a couple of years later, ATF changed its mind that actually, no, if you keep owning it, you're a felon. How many of those owners didn't get that memo? How many of those people have that in a closet somewhere and unbeknownst to them, they don't even know that it's now illegal? That's the problem when you have the government changing the law willy-nilly. People, people get trapped by it. I mean, as a gun owner... I try and learn the laws as best as I can. My book that's coming out, it's almost finished. I promise it's almost finished. I've, I'm editing it. I'm about halfway through editing it. Every, and I'm probably going to need to rewrite the chapter on this topic because this regulation just came out today and I don't want it to already seem dated when it comes out. I learn the laws to, to make in the regulations and the court cases to make sure that I don't accidentally run afoul of them and accidentally turn myself into a felon. Right? That's every gun owner's responsibility. We deserve a system where the law is static, or at least relatively static, right? We deserve a system where it, has, it can only be changed through congressional action. 
but you know it's hard. It's like trying to turn a battleship. It's not easy. It is unfair. It is patently unfair for Americans to try and comply with gun laws that are constantly changing. It's just completely unfair. It's unreasonable. It's unreasonable to expect that anyone would be able to stay, to stay up to date on this. I mean, I even miss things sometimes. The law should not change. The definition of a firearm in place for over almost, almost 100 years should not be allowed to be changed through executive action. Right? The definition of what, of an 80, of a, what constitutes readily um, convertible, readily converted, should not be allowed to be changed. I mean, they're, they're changing this regulation about the 80% lower receivers because they claim that when you buy them with the parts you need to build it, that makes it too easy to build the gun. Well, this isn't, this isn't sport. This, is, this, is, this isn't something where you would define it as whether it's sporting or not. People are building guns for personal protection. How easy it becomes and, and how easy new technologies and new tools make it should have no bearing on it. Right? It, it shouldn't matter. Imagine you're running a race. Imagine you're running a race, a 100-meter dash. 100-meter dash, it's always 100 meters. So we can always gauge how, how fast the fastest man on earth is by his, his ability to run 100 meters. Right? What, what, if a, what if a runner comes along and he's 7 feet tall, over 7 feet tall, and he's, he's not really fast, he's just bigger, and he can finish the race in fewer steps, so he ends up winning. His legs aren't moving faster, though. It's just his height. It's his height that helps him win. Imagine if the Olympic Committee came in and stripped his medals and said, no, because you are too tall, it became too easy for you. So that's not fair. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Just because it's easier to build a gun now than it was back then doesn't change the steps that need to be taken. Right? Drilling a hole in a firearm is no different today than it was the second the second regulation that is coming down the pike today will the second regulation that is coming down the pike today will allow the ATF to go after gun owners who possess AR15s now this is a little bit complicated but bear with me under federal law there are two main definitions of a firearm these definitions trace their way back to the National Firearms Act, but mainly the Gun Control Act of 1968. And there's two ways of defining a firearm. The first way of defining a firearm is pretty simple. Capable of shooting a projectile through the expl uh, an explosive um, force, right? Gunpowder. If it can shoot a projectile, then it's a firearm. The other definition of a firearm is used to basically ensure that someone can't just take apart the gun and no longer possess a firearm. Imagine if it was that simple. Imagine if you could avoid being prosecuted for illegal gun possession simply by disassembling the gun. No. So the second part of the definition applies to guns that are not readily fireable, but still contain all of the parts necessary to build a gun, or that can be, quote, readily converted to fire a projectile. So the way that the definition works the way that the definition works is it either is the firearm frame or the firearm receiver that is classified as the firearm. And under federal law, there's basically three parts, three parts that have to be contained in the piece in order for it to be defined as a firearm. 
It's the so in most cases it would be the frame of the gun. The frame of the gun contains the trigger. It contains the, the trigger assembly, the hammer, and the bolt. The bolt carry group, the firing pin, whatever, whatever technology the gun uses. The challenge is today the most popular gun in America is the AR-15, and neither the upper receiver nor the lower receiver of the AR-15 contains all three parts. You can see on my screen that upper receiver contains the bolt carrier group. Well, since there's no hammer and since there's no trigger assembly there, that upper receiver can't be the firearm. That upper receiver can't be the firearm. The lower receiver doesn't contain the bolt carrier group. So even though it has the trigger and even though it has the hammer, it can't be the firearm either. So there have been a number of court cases that have that have made their way through where people have challenged the government's right to prosecute them with firearm crimes because technically there is no part of the AR-15 that meets the statutory definition of a firearm when disassembled, right? If you just buy the parts, none of the parts meet the definition because as I said, it's either the frame or the receiver that contains all three of those parts, the trigger, the hammer, and the bolt carry group. Well, there have been a couple of people who have, who have been acquitted of firearm crimes because AR-15's design does not meet that statutory language that was passed by Congress. That was not enacted by the ATF or any regulatory agency that was enacted by Congress in the 1968 Gun Control Act. Well, Joe Biden's executive order now changes the law. Lots of times we talk about, oh, he rewrote the law. And that's usually talking about regulatory interpretation. But in this case, the ATF is literally rewriting the law. They are changing the phrase uh, frame or receiver to be frame and receiver. They are changing the word or in the statute and replacing it with and. That's significant because while no single part of the AR-15 contains all of those three mechanisms, the frame and the upper receiver combined do. So this is significant because the the rule was in place to make sure that if you disassemble a firearm you still can, you still own a firearm right you still possess a firearm well how does it work now if you disassemble an AR15 do you now possess two firearms do you, is the lower receiver firearm is the upper receiver firearm are they both do they both need to be serialized this is this is an important question because this is going to target an, again an industry that has been able to sell these things for so long without needing to jump through all this red tape, deal with all this red tape, jump through all these hoops. There was a case a couple of years ago with, uh, I think, Safety Harbor Firearms. They have a gun called the SHTF, the Stuff Hits the Fan Firearm. They would sell upper receivers to let you turn an AR-15 lower into a 50 BMG bolt-action rifle. Really cool stuff. The ATF shut them down claiming that the upper receiver itself was a firearm because it, it, it contained the bolt. So this company now had to stop sales, file all the paperwork to be able to sell these as firearms instead. This new regulation is kind of like the consequence of that legal maneuvering. This is going to cause a lot of pain to a lot of companies, a lot of, a lot of gun owners. I mean, it, one of the greatest parts about the AR-15 platform is you can just buy a new upper receiver to go along with your lower receiver, and you can all of a sudden have a gun that shoots a different caliber without having to actually disassemble the parts, change the barrels, things like that. This is going to have pretty significant ramifications. And again, it's all designed to go after you, the law-abiding gun owner. 
They want, they're changing the definition. I mean, I, I can't even express how radical this is. Gun owners deserve laws that are static. They deserve to have, to know what the law says. The ATF cannot rewrite statute. The ATF is allowed to do, to pass regulations where there's vagueness in the law or, or where Congress has deferred to their expertise on the matter. This isn't one of those situations. Congress defined a firearm as being able to, as being capable of shooting a projectile or readily converted to firing a projectile. There is no, and, and that part, it's either the frame or the receiver. To change that word, it's significant. This is one of those situations where changing one word really does change the entire statute. Now, the Biden administration is counting on the fact that judges will not call them out on this. There is a concept in jurisprudence known as Chevron deference. I don't want to go too far into it, but basically Chevron deference is the idea that when there are technically um, specific and complicated matters at hand, judges will defer to the expertise of the executive branch or agency tasked with regulating it. Basically, the judge says, well, I don't know a whole lot about this, and I'm never going to know a whole lot about this, so I'm just going to defer to your judgment, ATF. You know what a firearm is, so I'll just let you do it. I mean, that's how the bump stock rulings came down. Even though a bump stock clearly does not change a gun's action, judges ruled using Chevron deference that ATF knows best. Well, that's probably what's going to happen here. Judges are going to say, well, I, I, I don't know what a firearm is. I'll just defer the ATF. And that's how so many of these unconstitutional and illegal gun laws are able to stay on the books because judges don't have the courage to actually learn the issue, study the issue, and rule the correct way. This isn't an issue where, we dis- where people can disagree, where you can misinterpret things. This is a statutory deal. The statute is written. The executive branch cannot rewrite the statute. But yeah, as I said, and yet that's exactly what the Biden administration is doing today. They want to redefine the term firearm to go after AR-15s because technically every firearm prosecution targeting someone for illegally owning or possessing or using an AR-15, under federal law at least, was invalid because an AR-15 did not contain those parts. So this is all really complicated, but at the end of the day, what you need to know is the Biden administration is advancing the ball for gun control make it easier to target you, to target other law-abiding gun owners, take away your firearms. They are going after the ability of law-abiding Americans to build their own firearms at home legally by making it harder and harder for them to buy all the tools necessary to do so. And they are changing the definition of a firearm so that they can specifically target the AR-15. This is important. So what are you going to do about it? You got to call your member of Congress. You got to call your senators. You got to reach out. You got to demand that they put a stop to this lawlessness and this unconstitutional attempt to rewrite statute this isn't this isn't the sexiest topic i get it this isn't the sexiest topic but if you don't do it no one else will and for every one person who calls into a congressman's office or a senator's office they assume that there's ten thousand like-minded people back in their district who feel the same way but didn't bother to write so even a couple dozen people writing on this issue alone will really change the trajectory of this fight I encourage you to reach out to your congressman, reach out to your senators. Please, 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 we have to win this fight because they're not going to stop here. You remember last April when Joe Biden announced all these executive orders? He announced like 10 of them. 
This is just two. These are just two that are being implemented today, finalized today. Set, uh, last bit also, these go in effect, as I mentioned earlier, in 90 days. So if you want to buy an AR-15, now is the time probably to do it. If you want to buy a new upper receiver for your AR-15 so you can have the ability to change out calibers, now is the time to do it. If you want to buy an 80% lower receiver, either to build your own AR-15 or to build a handgun, which is super easy and fun, now is the time to do it if you can find them in stock. Because in 90 days, when this rule is completely in effect, all these different industries are probably going to be shut down. So that's going to be it for this edition of the Max McGuire Show. Apologies that, that this has not been able to be live streamed. The hotel internet sucks. So this week I'm probably going to have to record these episodes like this and put them out. My computer, I also brought like a little tiny notebook. It's also really struggling to record this. So I don't know how I'm going to do these episodes. I might just have to record audio for this week. Hopefully I don't. But if I do, stay tuned for that. They'll be posted on Rumble and the audio edition. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio edition. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible. All those links are in the description. Make sure you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Really do need your help. It'll help us climb up in those rankings. I think we were 200 this past weekend. So please help us if you have an iPhone, an iPad, or a MacBook. Help us climb up in those rankings. Leave us a five-star review. That's going to be it for this edition of the Max McGuire Show. My name is Max McGuire. Remember that the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand and fight together. 